Welcome to Possibly Speaking, a podcast that explores the highest spheres of spiritual thought as they find expression in our lived experience. Here's our host and the Mashpia of the Light Revealed, Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld. Okay, so Be'ezra Hashem, we're continuing with our weekly series of Shirim on the Torah of Recovery and Recovery at the Heart of the Torah with the Light Revealed. And what we're going to focus on this week is a particular potent topic that we've discussed in numerous places. It's going to start off with an idea or a theory, but then it's going to be translated into a practical application to how to function in this world, in the process of recovery, in the process of finding oneself in a stuck place and struggling to get out of it. Now, we spoke about earlier this week that this week's Parsha, Boel Paro, that HaKadosh Baruch who calls forth to Moshe Rabbeinu to meet him in the palace of Paro. And the Zohar HaKadosh has a question. Why is it that Hashem is calling him from the house of Paro? Why is Hashem not simply telling him to go to the house of Paro? To call him to join him in the house of Paro implies that Hashem is already there, as opposed to Hashem directing Moshe from without the house of Paro to enter in, which would imply that Hashem is from a distance. And what the Zohar HaKadosh tells us very clearly is that Hashem is always found in the house of Paro itself. Hashem is always waiting there for Moshe Rabbeinu. The house of Pyro represents constriction. The house of Pyro represents the struggle that a person goes through in their lives. And not only the struggle, but the grappling with the question of the struggle. There are two things that a person experiences. There's the struggle of day-to-day experience. There's the things that we need to break free from and get over and move beyond and all of the preventions that need to be shattered so that we can move forward in our path of avoda and refinement. But on a contemplative level, when a person has a moment of calmness, there's also the question of where does this struggle emerge from? Why is there a struggle? Why should there be a struggle? If the world is meant to be good and my higher power is the ultimate goodness and my soul is good and I'm attached to good things, then why is it that a person should struggle so much in this world? And those struggles begin to open themselves up into other questions, questions of suffering, questions of pain, questions of difficulty, questions of evil, questions of all of the unanswerable things that a person's mind could be confronted by if we were to open the door to those thoughts, right? There's infinite explanations or moments where a person can look at it and say, why would that happen in a world where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinitude is present? Why would that difficult thing have to happen in a world that is ultimately good? And this is the Palace of Paro. The Palace of Paro is this very question of where does the negativity emerge from? Why is it that this world should be so difficult? Why is it that there's such an element of concealment? And the Zohar HaKadosh doesn't say that Moshe Rabbeinu entered into the house of Paro and found an answer. The Zohar HaKadosh describes how Moshe Rabbeinu entered into the house of Paro and he was afraid. He was terrified. Because in order to look at the origin of where the difficulty comes from, in order to try and uncover all of the layers of narrative that cover over the emergence of my symptoms, I need to be fearless. It's frightening to look at the source of the difficulty. It's frightening to try and understand where the struggle is coming from. We all live in our various struggles and the outgrowths of the struggles, the Khartoume Mitzrayim, the magicians, the black magic of Paro, where we get caught up in all of these different difficulties. But the house of Paro itself, we all have that center point from which all of this difficulty emerges, and there's something terrifying about looking at it. Whether it's terrifying because we feel that we may have to move away from it if we actually come to understand it and domesticate it through our wisdom, 
and that the only thing that has allowed the source of our issue to continue is the convincing that we've convinced ourselves that it's too terrifying for me to look there. Or because in truth, there is something too terrifying. Ultimately, there is the kernel at the house of Paro itself, the source from which our difficulty emerges. Moshe Rabbeinu Das is very frightened when it comes to actually taking a look there. And instead of Hashem saying, Moshe, get over it, Moshe, face it, Moshe, you have to embrace it, etc., etc., what Hashem says to Moshe as a result of Moshe's fear is that I see that you're afraid of this and therefore I'm the only one who could take care of it. In that place, in the house of Paro, in that irreducible difficulty, that blind spot at the heart of human beings. The only way that we will be able to grapple with it is when we come to terms with the fact that I'm afraid and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with me in the house of Paro. Because the house of Paro, the question of the palace of Paro in each of our lives is the question of where does the difficulty come from? Where is that first moment of constriction? What is the faulty thought pattern? What is the faulty habit? What is the faulty principle upon which all of my symptoms are built? What is it that's so difficult for me to turn away from so that my life will go in the direction that I would like to go. And in that house of Paro, we have to enter in with the knowledge that Hashem, you have to be there for me in this place. Only you can help me face the face of the things that take me away from your face. Only you can give me the strength to untether and disconnect myself from the root of the problem itself, from the house of Paro, Bo El Paro. And Hashem says, I see you're afraid, Moshe, I'm going to be the one to take care of it. But the question ultimately, Chazal do give us an answer as to where these difficulties emerge from. And the answer is that really there are two ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that God, that our higher power reveals himself in the world. And naturally there are two ways that we experience ourselves because what takes place above through the dynamics, so to speak, of Hashem and our higher power revealing itself, so too is taking place in the process of our soul being revealed because the spark of our soul is the spark of our higher power that exists within us. It is the nitzutz, it is the spark, it is the chilek kaimimal. So all of the mechanisms and the processes that take place above are also going to take place below. That's how we utilize Panimiya Satora towards a therapeutic drive. As the Baal Shem Tov said, Mi basari from my basar, from my flesh, from my deficiency, from my shame, from all of the things that make me human and not God. It's specifically from that place that I'm going to come to find the Akadosh Baruch So if the mechanisms are taking place above, they're also, and more significantly to a certain degree, especially for our purposes, taking place internally as well. And what are these mechanisms? There is expression and there is concealment. There is revelation, there is gilui, and there is hester, and there is a hiding. There is a hispashtus, there is an outgrowth of something, a full expression, and there is a tsimtsum. There is a constriction, there is an enclosing, there is a containment, there is something that sets a limit. Our lives are composite between these two motivational drives, expression and retreat, movement forward and movement backwards, the drive towards love and the drive towards destruction, the drive towards attachment and the drive towards disconnection, the drive towards others and the drive towards isolation. These ruts of Vishov, this mati velomati, this dual dance of what it means to be a human being at every moment is rooted in the highest place between these two principles that Hashem uses, which is his pashtus, expression, which is the self moving out of itself, and simsum, which is the self containing itself or restricting itself. Now, the place that I want to focus on is going to be the simsum, because the goodness in our lives, when things are moving smoothly, 
when life is going well, when we fall into a natural, healthy habit of functional day-to-day -day experience with reasonable joy and connectivity and avoida and attachment to the things that are most significant in our lives, that's rooted in the or. That's rooted in Hashem's revelation of light. That is when Hashem is expressing Himself in a clear way without any distortion, without any concealment. But the times in our lives that are not going well, the times in our lives where we're dizzied up, the times in our lives where we seem to have arrived at a limit point, which I can't break free from, a limit point where I cannot free myself or untether myself from the shadows of stuckness that want to devour me again, it's specifically there that we encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu's expression of tzimtzum, of a concealment. Now, this concept of tzimtzum, Hashem's concealment, has been discussed for a very long time, and ultimately, the way that it has fundamentally been looked at was whether is this concealment literal, or is this concealment just figurative? Is Hashem actually absent from me right now? Am I actually out of the realm of goodness where I need to find myself? Do I actually lack the tools necessary to uncover goodness in this moment? Is the Simpson actually real? Has Hashem removed himself from the scene, leaving me to my own devices, unable to recall all of the light that I had a moment ago? That would be the opinion of Simpson Kipshuto, that the individual in a moment of struggle, of difficulty, is mamish left bereft of that light, and there's a there's a certain orphaned nature of avi ve'imi azavuni, that my moichen have left me, that I have nothing left. That would be the Simpson Kipshuto model. That would be hopelessness inducing that would be the notion that Hashem has actually literally removed himself and the other opinion which is really the only opinion is that Hashem doesn't really remove himself ever Hashem is never fully removed from a person the higher power is never removed from us every aspect of our lives every expression of anything at any moment imaginable is simply a reflection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinite expression of himself through us and so wherever I find myself, I have to already assume that my higher power is here with me, Hashem is here with me, and that I have enough and that I have the tools necessary in order to elevate myself out of the stuckness. Ah, there's concealment. Ah, it appears that I have no strength. Ah, it appears that everything is gone. Ah, it appears that I have nothing to recall. I have no memory of a previous moment of strength strong enough to give me the ability to overcome this moment of weakness. In that place, I have to come to realize that, yes, Hashem, you're concealed, but you're not really concealed. I have the strength. I have the strength within me. And those have been typically the two models. Now, these two models of psychological alignment to the encounters with difficulty, to the halal, to the empty void in our lives sometimes, it, it's wonderful, but it's difficult because any black or white type of thinking leads one to an extremism of their mind where I'm either with it or I'm not with it, but it doesn't leave a gray area where I'm with it and not with it at the same time. So when I'm wedged between these two opinions of the symptom is absolute, it's real, so when I'm struggling, I'm struggling and Hashem has nothing to do with it and I'm left to my own devices and if I fall, it's my struggle. And if I fall, it's on me. And I don't have to I don't have to try and uncover the spiritual strength that I have within myself. I can give myself permission to struggle. I can give myself permission to live within this absolute void where Hashem is absent from me, where Simpson is real. Or if Hashem is ever present and Simpson is not real, then anytime I feel any glimmer of negative feelings, anytime I feel sad about something, anytime I feel like I've lost a certain direction in my life, then I'm going to judge myself. Ah, why am I making it seem like Hashem is not here with me? Hashem is always here with me. That's the opinion of Simpson Eno Kipshuto.
So whether I look at the tzimtzum as literal or I look at the tzimtzum as not literal, I'm stuck in an extreme of either Hashem and my higher power being with me at every moment and every moment feeling like it's an up, which denies and represses the difficulties that are very much a reality of this world, or it's highlighting the difficulty and saying the difficulty is the only real thing, which is the other opinion of tzimtzum kipshuto, that the constriction is actual, and it leaves me floundering and drowning in the sense that there's no light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu here. God forbid. So thankfully, neither of those are the case. Because the deepest truth about Simpson, and this is where it's going to become very significant in terms of how we function, the deepest truth of Simpson is that everybody agrees that Hashem is everywhere, that our higher power is everywhere. Everybody agrees that our higher power is accessible to us at any given moment. But it's not that Hashem is ever present and therefore I can't experience difficulty because difficulty is not real. But rather that the tzimtzum, the constriction of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is a real thing. It's real. Hashem expressed himself in a form of concealment. But this very concealment that Hashem reveals is not something other than Hashem. It's not something other than my higher power. It is a new expression of my higher power. That the chiddush, the novelty of tzimtzum, the novelty of finding ourselves in difficult situations, is coming to realize that I can find Hashem, my higher power, as he reveals himself to me when things are functioning. And even in the times where things are not functioning, and I'm encountering the prevention, I'm encountering the stuckness, I'm encountering the wall, I'm encountering the breakdown, instead of seeing the breakdown as an absence from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as something that is devoid of the light of God, that is devoid of the light of hope, that is devoid of the light of comfort, let me understand that the light of comfort, the light of hope, and the light of God are ever-present. They are here right now, but the way that they are appearing to me right now is by way of concealment. The tzimtzum is not the concealment of presence. It is the presence of concealment. It's not that there's nothing left. It's that what is left is something called nothing that I can grasp and I can experience. And when I come to terms with this, what I understand is that I might feel in my life that there are times where I don't have the strength. I might feel in my life that there are times that I don't have the hope. That I might feel in my life that there are times that I don't have the capacity to move forward inch by inch by inch by inch in the infinite and endless march towards Kedusha, holiness, refinement, calmness, attention, and all of the good things and the serenity that rests at the heart of every moment's possibility. I can find myself in stuckness, but that stuckness is not the opposite of God. That stuckness is not the opposite of recovery. That stuckness is not the opposite of experiencing presence. It is a presence of absence. The absence itself is Hashem revealing himself to me. The craving itself, the struggle itself, the mindlessness itself, these are not deviations away from my relationship with all that is true and good in the world. These are new ways of encountering all that is good and true in the world. I learn how to experience God through boredom and the feelings of emptiness as well. And by doing this, I re-include a large portion of my life back into the realm of spiritual work. Because prior to this intervention, Simpson meant Hashem was absent, Hashem was concealed, there was no godliness to be found there, there was no spiritual wisdom to be found in those hither side experiences of boredom and lethargy and apathy and distance and doubt and fear and anxiety, etc., etc. But when we understand the proper understanding of what Simpson actually means, and we realize that, no, 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 Hashem does conceal himself, but Hashem's concealment is the revelation of himself. Everything is the revelation of Hashem. And naturally, when I find myself distant from God, I am also encountering a nature of my higher power speaking to me by way of distance. Now, anxiety, fear, 
in a healthy way, all of these emotions, again, not in the pathological sense of them, that's what we can change. Those are the areas where we have to put the effort in to reduce the symptom and to refine our experience with it. But in the irreducible kernel of these system, symptoms of anxiety and listlessness and apathy and the cotness that falls upon a person, when I have a proper understanding of Simpson Kipshuto, when I have a proper understanding that, yes, Simpson is Kipshuto, you can say Simpson is real. Why? Because it's just another way of Hashem revealing himself. What I've done is I've transformed that house of power, the difficulty, into a revelation of Hashem. It doesn't reduce, it doesn't repress, it doesn't suppress the feeling of the difficulty, like the original notion of Tzimtzum in a Kapshuto would mean, where I think that, okay, if I believe that my higher power is everywhere, then I don't have the right to feel any element of concealment. And if I feel any element of concealment, I don't have the right to feel my higher power. But this third true orienting place of Tzimtzum is that it's real and not real at once. It's real in the sense that it's revealed as concealment. I'm encountering difficulty. It's a real difficulty. I feel the difficulty. I need to pray from the difficulty. I need help. I need to address the difficulty. But at the same point, the difficulty is not something that is other than God. The difficulty is an expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in my life, in this moment, and by encountering the difficulty and digging down deep into the difficulty and drawing down the light of help and tools that I have at my disposal from others and from inwards, that is the drawing of the infinite light back into the Tzimtzum. And this is the secret of our Parsha. This is Bo El Paro, because the Maka that we encounter in this week's Parsha is Arba, of the locust. And a very interesting thing appears that in the ancient books, in the holy books, the locust is used as the best example for this true secret of Tzimtzum. The language of Chazal is Kahadim Kamsa de like this locust whose exoskeleton emerges from inside of itself. And it's the, the wondrous nature that the exoskeleton of a locust, the exoskeleton of something, is the protective sheath that covers over that thing. And a covering, a protective device, something that conceals the inside of the locust, something that blocks the outside from the inside and prevents the inside from going to the outside. This shell, this apparent distinction that separates the locust from everything else is in truth part and parcel of the locust itself. The concealment emerges from within the very thing that it's coming to conceal. The concealment is not something that comes from outside of the moment of revelation. The concealment is the edge of revelation. It's part and parcel of the same thing, meaning that the struggle is made of the very same material that the success is made out of to the degree that I can now view the struggle as not something other than the possibility of success, but an opportunity to uncover the light of success that lives saturated at the heart of the struggle itself. They're made of the same material that it's a thickening, it's a congealment of a refinement that was on the out inside, but nevertheless, that congealment and that thickening of the concealment is still the very thing that gives birth to it. It's the very light itself. That Simsum is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Achin Ata Kelmastater, Hashem hides himself in reality, and Hashem hiding himself in reality is the way that Hashem reveals himself to us so that we can search him out in the hiddenness, and that we can cry out from the hiddenness, and we can demand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveal that, yes, I get it, there's a Simsum, there's concealment, but I know that it's part and parcel of you itself. I know that you're here as well. And that's the secret of Arba, that's the secret of this locus, the secret of what's happening in Mitzrayim is showing Moshe Rabbeinu is coming to understand that the entirety of Mitzrayim, base paro, the struggle, the addiction, all of the difficulty, yes, it's the struggle, yes, it's the difficulty, but it emerges, it's the very lip of the innermost parts of who I am. 
And it stops me from getting stuck in that all or nothing type thinking, the this or the that type thinking and helping me orient myself to a both end where Tzimtzum is no longer seen, constriction, concealment, struggle is no longer seen as the absence of presence, but rather the presence of absence. That a no is not a no because there's nothing there, but a no is something so high that I can only encounter it by way of saying no, of just saying no of learning the art of self-control. Self-control is this symptom. It's not a renunciation of self or a limiting of myself. It's a furthering of myself. When I overcome myself, Gevura is the source of this symptom, which is why Arba is the Gematria of Yitzchak. It's 208 because Yitzchak is this secret of the symptom, the concealment that emerges out of itself, the struggle that emerges from within the secret of success from the struggle, the secret of healing where the difficulty itself contains the cure where from the forest itself comes the handle for the axe, where the concealment itself comes from revelation. Mamela teaching us that concealment is a form of revelation itself. And it's this secret of Arba, it's this secret of Yitzchak that we're learning in Mitzrayim, because when we come to understand that Mitzrayim is just another way of Hashem revealing Himself, that's the beginning of Yitzchak Mitzrayim. That's the realization, as the Baal Shem Tov teaches us over and over, that the partitions and the separations and the divisions that separate between me and my higher power are ultimately uh, of an imagined nature. Now, it's not an imagined nature in the sense that it's not real. It feels very real. It's just a real thing that's not fundamentally real because it's Hashem's concealment of Himself. And when we come to that recognition, we break on through to the other side and we perpetually move further and further into the realms of recovery. Rabbi Nachman says something incredible with regards to this teaching of Arba and the 64th teaching of Lukutim Aran, that Arba, this secret of the Tzimtzum, is the Roshe Tevos, the, the, the letters Aleph, Reish, Beis, Hey, which spells out Arba, are Roshe Tevos, the first letters of Achin Ruach Enosh. It turns out so too that there's a spirit of God in man, that the spirit of God rests in man. It's encountered in the story of Eov in the thickness of the trauma where all of the friends with their well-intentioned attitudes try and give proof as to why Hashem is still with Eov, why his higher power is still there with him in spite of everything going wrong, in spite of the hellish landscape he finds himself in. And they announce that Achin Ruachu Be'enosh, it turns out, says the Malbim, says Rashi, that Ruachu Be'enosh, that the mind of man, the thoughts, the emotional experiences, the subjective experiences that we assume to be part and parcel of a concealment of God are in truth coming from the revelation of God itself. Meaning that the natural ruminations of being a human being, there's a ruach in man, there's a ruach in man, there's a, a conjuring in man, there's a wondering, there's an anxiety. But v'nishmat shakai tavinim, but in truth, it's the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God that is moving through man. And this secret of Achim Ruach Chub Enosh, Venishmat Shaddai Tavinem, this paradoxical place where the self is forced to refine itself to the degree to come to realize that I'm not myself, I'm a messenger of something beyond me, I'm a messenger of the true self of Akadosh Baruch Hu Kabyachal, of my higher power. And my only job is to carry out the will of my higher power. Ratzon Yerei to be Mavata myself to the Shlichos, to be Mavata myself to the mission. When I realize that, that the concealment of my heart, the conjecture of my heart, the anxiety of my heart is ultimately coming from Hashem itself. So that's the same secret as the symptom of the locust whose outer skeleton emerges from within itself. That the difficulty is nothing other than part and parcel of the light that is emerging so that we can engage with it and refine it. And this lens of thinking, this orientation, reading the books and seeing that it's written in there, understanding it in the wisdom of recovery and all of its facets, 
while it might not be a meditative principle that one can contemplate for an extended period of time, it's a bookmark of thinking that allows us to reorient the entire posture that we have to existence. Because for so long we've been walking around with a perception of presence versus absence, which splits life into two, presence good, absence bad, and all of the various synonyms that come along with that. But the reorientation, the re-education, and the coming back to a knowledge that we always already knew within ourselves is that it's not that there's present and absence. There's only presence. But there's two ways of experiencing presence. There's presence by way of presence, and there's presence by way of absence. There's finding Hashem in the lens of goodness, and there's finding Hashem in the lens of difficulty, in the day or in the night. But they're not two separate realities. They're two singular elements of a pulsational expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's light that perpetually moves slightly beyond our capacity to fully grasp it. And it's from within the dance of these two that we come to understand the secret of symptom of constriction, of concealment, and we become the messengers to sweeten the entire concept of concealment from within concealment itself. This is the light of Moshe that comes from the house of Paro. This is the light of Mashiach that comes from the belly of the Nachash. This is the light of recovery that comes from the heart of addiction. We should be zaychet to the revelation of the light that emerges from within the vessels themselves because the vessels are nothing other than a thickening of the light from whence they came. And we should be zaychet to the Pela Ha'elyon, to the wondrous revelation of how above and below, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the difficult, the easy, the calm and the chaotic are both fundamentally unified to express the ultimate light of pure unity without difficulty and without struggle, God willing. Thank you for joining the Possibly Speaking family. Possibly Speaking is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tehila Nasanian. And our music is by Zushio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org, and feel free to email us and Rev. Joey at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org, or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Revealed. Thanks for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed ways.